Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my couples you meet in counseling. This is number two, the ice queen and the martyr. And uh, I wrote these back in 2014, a series, and I just added to them recently with the lean-in wife and the overachiever and the CEO and the resentful employee. Um, so, But before that, I just had five of them. So, um, you know, you could go back to my original posts, but also I'm doing them all on podcast. And in fact, tomorrow, the subscriber episode coming out tomorrow is going to be number three, Mr. and Mrs. Not Feeling It, The Divorced in Spirit. So that's more of a loveless marriage situation and how people get into that. Uh, so definitely subscribe. There's about close to 75 subscriber episodes, uh, female sexuality, female hyposexual disorder, female uh, arousal, oral sex on women, everything you ever wanted to know about a vagina. I don't have one titled that. That was just a summary statement. Um, so you should definitely be, uh, you know, subscribing. Anyway, so let's move on to this couple. So this couple is a lot of who uh, the guys that descend into internet rabbit holes looking for ways to uh, make their wife love them again. So this is all. So you should refer back to the preoccupied attachment husband podcast. These are the guys that say I do everything and she still doesn't love me. These are the guys who say that the avoidant wives podcast I did resonates with them. These are the guys that have low self-esteem. They were frequently late bloomers or feel that they were in terms of an early uh, sexual experiences or lack thereof. And they just do not feel like they are very sexy. They do not feel that they are men that women ever wanted for their looks or for their charisma, but rather because they can do so much. So that's what they try to do. They are the workhorse type and they try to just do and do and do and so they do most of the chores they do most of the child care or at least half on both sometimes more these are the guys that literally get so angry when people when women say that like men don't do enough they're like I fucking do so much are we joking like men do everything but most men don't do everything <laughs> you know most women are the primary caretaker as you know a statistic show and the primary person who does more housework, although that's shifting, men are doing more and more, but the preoccupied attachment martyr husband does the most. He does more than his wife and he does more and more and more than everybody. So this is the guy that really, really does not understand what everybody's talking about, but it's not because there's something wrong in what most people are talking about. It's because he himself um, would be too anxious telling his wife to do anything or even sometimes even allowing her to do anything. 
So what does this look like in terms of the the woman, the ice queen? This is an avoidant attachment woman who is uncomfortable with intimacy and really has been throughout. And frequently the man will be like, oh, there was such a change from the beginning. There was not a change from the beginning. If you control for the variables of age and childbirth and honeymoon stage, it was a woman who acted kind of low commitment, low excitement, low intimacy at the beginning compared to her cohort of women of her age and stage and has continued to be in the same relative ranking compared to other women of now her current age and stage now right so she was a low libido woman during dating which meant that she never had sex every day god forbid and instead it was like a couple times a week max and you know maybe she didn't seem that into it but you just put your head in the sand about it and now you're basically never having sex because now she's a hell of a lot older and she's had kids and she has, um, you know, no honeymoon stage hormones flooding her system. So who gets into these relationships uh, in terms of what did they see growing up? They saw the same thing. They usually see one partner, uh, one parent pursued by the other one who is always you know, uh, a victim in some way. The victim, well, they're both victims. One is constantly feels harassed and irritated, the avoidant one. And the other one always feels lonely and tragically misunderstood and not loved and cuddled enough. And this is pretty easy for a kid to pick up on. You know, it's the dad trying to reach out to kiss the mom who pushes him away or in the gender inverse, which can also lead to this same, you know, people don't just go like a girl acts like her mother, boy acts like his father. You could act like whichever parent. I've talked about that before in my podcast on mommy versus daddy issues. But anyway, in terms of a woman, it looks like the woman who's always like coming home and saying, oh, hey, honey, like I bought this like cool thing. And the husband barely looks up and will give her any attention. So if you grow up seeing that one parent never gives the other one any attention, well, guess what? You're going to be drawn to a dynamic where one person never gives the other one any attention. So in this case, the ice queen never gives the attention to the martyr. So the martyr's dancing around doing all these things, the childcare, the chores, the providing. It didn't used to be childcare and chores. In older couples, it's just a hell of a lot of providing and more childcare and chores than the average man does, which still may not have been very much, but was more than average. And the woman frequently does less than most women do, more focused on career. If she doesn't have a career, then she's focused on social life. She's focused on involvement in uh, the PTA or in, uh, you know, the church or whatever the case may be. But she's certainly not putting her energy into the marriage. She finds intimacy to be stultifying and she's scared of it. It didn't go very well for her parents. She didn't see a very happy marriage growing up. Neither did the guy. And so they were both drawn to each other. As Imago theory states, you're drawn to people who remind you of a caregiver. And then you spend your life trying to get them to change in ways that you could never change your caregiver. So the man, very obviously, the martyr, is trying to change his wife, make her more loving, more attentive. And the woman is trying to change the man to leave her the fuck alone. Really. she, And that's why frequently, um, you know, there's all these... Uh, in, in, ways that men and male websites try to advise other men in this situation to make their wives change. And one of them is go work out and start your own life and and become more attractive and then she's going to be drawn to you anew. 
not with an avoidant woman. No, she won't. She will not. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's many men who, who can bear this out. They are relieved. They don't care. They are so happy that you're not up their ass anymore to hang out. They are thrilled. They would love, honestly, on some level, for you to have a completely separate life or tell you that, you know, you got, tell her that you got a job on an alternate coast and that you're going to be going there six months out of the year. They would be so supportive. Less so younger women now that believe that they ought to have help with the child care, et cetera, et cetera. But certainly older women were uh, of this type were ones that were very into the man being his best self at work, getting promotion after promotion, especially if that meant he did a lot of work travel because then intimacy is not even on offer. It's not even a possibility. And I don't even just mean sexual intimacy. I mean emotional intimacy as well. So if the man is literally not there, then he cannot be trying all the time to touch you and hang out with you and talk to you and whatever, whatever. So when people are in this dynamic, certainly couples counseling can help, but it does not change a person's innate wiring. Yes, you can learn to kind of uh, resolve empathic ruptures and grow closer, but your expectations need to be moderated by the boundaries of the attachment style of each partner and really how they are wired and always were. So the ice queen can certainly learn to grow less cold, especially if she values the marriage, but it's not going to come, by the way, from seeing him working out and getting a hobby. She's thrilled that he's working out and getting a hobby. She finds this to be zero threat. This is great. You know, instead, it would come literally from the man saying, I'm going to leave, you know, if, if we are not closer. Like, this is not a sustainable situation for me. And then she may literally be like, I don't want to break up the family. I do love him, you know, or I care about him. And so, therefore, I want to work on potentially spending more time together in bed, out of bed, whatever. So that may work. But if you are trying to make a woman who is this ice queen avoidant type love you more by being more independent, she is thrilled that you're more independent. She could not be happier. If you're, it, it's not like she thinks, oh, he goes to the gym and other women want to have sex with him. I better mate guard. Not at all. She thinks, oh, he goes to the gym. Great. Great, I get to watch my TV tonight. And it's good for him too, sure, great. You know, but she does not in any way have this dread or whatever. Um, that, that's a different kind of woman. That would be a preoccupied attachment woman or at least a woman who used to be more preoccupied attachment before monogamy and, and the, you know, libido killing effects of that set in. Or sometimes even um, just a, a, a younger woman, really younger, really than I work with, may say, hmm, we're not married yet, but he's going to the gym and stuff. Was he looking for another woman? I guess I better kind of mate guard a little bit more. This would not be articulated, but, um, but just there. And, but I've yet to see a 40s or 50-year-old avoidant woman, a woman who is in this role where the husband is always wanting more intimacy, where... And she doesn't and has no desire for it where him doing something on his own is anything more than a very pleasant relief for her. So instead, you would have to really talk about your needs and what you will and will not tolerate in a marriage more explicitly, such as. I feel that we spend no time together. We're basically living parallel lives. And if this doesn't change, you know. I don't really see a point to be married, so we can try couples counseling to work on it. 
and or we could just separate. But I would like to try couples counseling first. And if the woman really values the marriage, then she may address it. She may address the problem if it is put to her more explicitly. But there's so many men that are trying to, like, be more independent and stuff and work on their preoccupied attachment, but it doesn't do anything because the woman is is happy about it because she gets to maintain her own life and he is then separately living his, which is pretty much her goal, you know, is to co-parent, but just to... You know, to have a happy, intact family, but not to have much overlap in the internal world or the desires or really the interests of, of the romantic partners in, in the family, them, the, the parents. Which is how she, by the way, this is how more avoidant women who are moms think about the role of the couple. They are the parents. That is their role. It's like those old-fashioned people that call each other ma and pa. Like, it's like that, except she knows not to do that. (laughs) But the way that she views things is we are parenting these kids. Of course, we're going to prioritize them. Why would we be doing date night again? I don't understand. And so that's a real key thing to realize is that in these situations, the way that the partners view being a couple is so disparate that they basically, they they have to conclude that the other one is being purposefully obtuse and difficult because they can't imagine they think about things so differently, yet they do. So the man in this situation thinks, doesn't she see how I'm like doing everything? I do so much. She must be just trying to be a bitch by not saying what a good job I'm doing and not coming over and like, you know, hugging me and like saying, wow, like, thanks so much for planning this romantic dinner or for buying me an anniversary present or whatever. But in reality, it just does not even like hit on her radar because she doesn't care about things like that. And when she used to a little bit during the honeymoon stage, a lot of it was um, it was because she thought she was like supposed to kind of, you know. And also there is a very big um, difference between people's responses internally and externally. So while two women may get flowers and both say, thank you so much, that's so sweet, the internal worlds of those women may be totally different, you know? And one may mean like, oh, I got flowers, that's nice. Wonder why he spent that money. I hope he doesn't do that a lot, but I mean, okay. Maybe he thought the house needed some flowers. That's nice. We have people coming over. Oh, I know. We have people coming over and so it can double. You know, he's saying it's for me, but it makes sense. It's it's because we're having guests. This is not a joke. This is actually how the avoidant attachment woman may view this. And then the other woman may be like, oh, that's so sweet. He's He thought about me. That's so romantic. That's really cute. That's nice. What a nice guy, right? What a good husband. Like, so, so the... the the responses may be equivalent, but the internal narration, which again is not verbalized, but is the internal subconscious narration, is wildly different. So a lot of what couples counseling does is it helps people uh, verbally narrate these subconscious you know, unarticulated uh, streams of consciousness such that people stop having such animosity toward each other and start to realize that they just are really different from one another about stuff. 
And then on the other end, the woman who would never be up anybody's ass to like talk about their day or like any bullshit like that. She thinks the guy's really just trying to fucking annoy her, honestly. And which is such a mind fuck for the preoccupied attachment martyr guy who as soon as the woman comes in, he's like, hey, how was your day? How was your day? How was this? How was that? You know what I did? I did this and that. And she's thinking, what are you kidding me? Like, I don't want to, why would I want to talk right now? Is he trying to like make a point? Is there like some kind of point that he's making about that I don't talk enough? Or why is he just, is he trying to brag about like his day? Like, is he trying to tell me something? And then a woman who was wired similarly to the man would be like, oh my God, my day was this and your day was that. And now we're talking about our days. Of course we are, because this is how people bond. So the more dissimilar people are wired in these attachment-related domains and, and the more different love languages they have from one another, the more likely these tremendous misunderstandings and even, um, you know, this this giving of, of malicious intent, literally malicious intent where there is none, can happen. And that's something that couples counseling helps with. Because you have no idea, if you're a man listening to this, there's women that think that you're trying to um, initiate sex for bad reasons. Bad reasons. And that's crazy to you because you know you're trying to initiate it to be close, to be loving because you're thinking about her because you're attracted to her. And she thinks he just wants to get off and he doesn't even want to go masturbate. He's making a point to show me he shouldn't have to go masturbate. And instead, he's allowed to just use me for that when he knows how little I want to do that. All he needs is a release. So he's just making a point and being an asshole to ask me to have sex when we both know it would be the same for him to go masturbate and leave me alone when I'm exhausted. That may be mind-blowing for you to think about it. How in the world could a woman impute malicious intent to me initiating sex? Well, that's how. Because she is wired so differently and so grievously misunderstands how men feel about sex that she thinks it's, it's exact equivalent to masturbate. So therefore, why would you be asking her to do it? It's as though you woke her from a dead sleep and you said, can you open this bag of potato chips for me, please? I need a snack. That's how she feels about it. So anyway, hopefully that analogy, if anything, was worth the price of admission, which of course was free. So certainly got to be, <laughs> odds are good that it was. And um, this dynamic can be worked on in marital counseling. Again, I'm not a personality changer, but people who understand one another and who thereby can empathize with one another uh, can often come together in a more emotionally close way than they ever had before. From just understanding where each other's coming from, the origin of why they act how they do, and how uh, often, shockingly, they have misunderstood each other's intentions over the years. All right, hopefully you enjoyed this, and I will talk to you all soon. Please do subscribe.